Welcome to the Connecting the Data podcast. I'm Matt Anderson, and in this episode, I talk about uh, more of the the Wave 2 release for Power Platform and specifically Dynamics 365 and a smattering of other topics. Enjoy. I've been digesting a lot of the videos that came out of the Business Application Summit last week, and I'll probably add some little nuggets here as I go through things. There's a lot lot going through as far as reviewing existing content between the release plan and the videos slash presentations from the Business Application Summit, but uh, gotta gotta get on this stuff while it's fresh and and sop up as much as I can. So I'll uh, I'll add a few things in here. With the first one being an interesting thing that I I heard around best practices when building Canvas apps, and there was a, a full hour long session uh, on this, and one that really stuck out to me is around naming of your components inside of Canvas Power Apps. And, you know, it's one of those where I, I always want to be doing that because it'll help make it easier to figure out what it is later. But there's just so many components you end up having in there. It, there's diminishing returns that you hit. So the suggestion that he had as far as the best practice was instead of trying to name everything, only rename those components if you are going to be using them in a formula. And that just makes really good sense. You know, so a bunch of labels that are around to be able to do formatting or colors or boxes, you don't need to give fancy names to, but if it's a specific search button or box or um, you know, rather search text input or you know box that's going to do something, at, you know, change color based on the value of another um, you know, field, you, you wanna have those things be able to reference each other uh, without trying to click around and figure that out. So I found that to be a really interesting one and I'll definitely start using that. No barrier to entry. I stumbled across a post about audio quality on recordings and specifically around a codec called Codec 2 for getting exceptionally low bit rates on spoken word type of content. So lectures or podcasts or that kind of thing in the I mean, effectively, it's a, an hour's worth of audio in about one megabyte. Uh, by comparison, your average one-hour podcast is about 60 megabytes. So, you know, really, really interesting there how, how small it is and is still kind of listenable. Um, it was, it, it's not, it's not something you'd really want to listen to a lot, at least on its own with uh, with listening to it in that encoding unless uh, as they went on to show in the article and I'll I'll include a link cuz there it's really interesting to hear it firsthand but there's a specific decoder that you can use in uh, kind of playing that file that uh, I think it's something something wave decoder I I forget what the article exactly called it. Um, but effectively it tries to, um, kind of, you know, re reconstruct or, um, you know, use some algorithms to make that sound a little bit more natural 
And it's almost like the high quality recording in, you know, the fraction of the size, just based on the, the decoder that you're using kind of, um, you know, leveling up the, the quality of the audio. So it was really interesting, you know, not nothing that's going to change anything I do in podcast recording today, but it was, uh, you know, definitely a, uh, an interesting thing to, uh, read through and, and really listen to. I encourage a, a, a listen through of the, uh, of the audio in the article that I'll link. So I just ran across a cool preview capability inside of Word as I was using it. I was um, building out a script for a a video that I'm making, and I was going to add in just a little aside note using some brackets to say, you know, this is where the intro is going to go and where the outro is going to go. And as I did just a simple open bracket, close bracket, I got a pop-up about using a follow-up for content I'll add later. And it lets me, you know, literally add a placeholder as a, you know, special, you know, marking in the text. Uh, kind of similar to uh, when you're, when you're adding things into Word and you want to reference, you know, similar content later on and it will kind of fill it in. Um, it looks like this follow-up is doing something that looks similar, but it's specifically for follow-up content. Then uh, you can use that with the, you know, at naming to call out if it's a collaborative document, who should go and add that and it'll contact them or notify them rather. So pretty cool. First time I'd seen it. Uh, it's preview. I don't know how wide of a preview it is, but I, I mean, it, it, what's cool for me is it showed up just where I was, where I was trying to do exactly that thing. Um, it recognized what I was trying to do. I guess I'm not the only one that does it that way. And yeah, that's, that's great. So really cool. The follow-up preview feature in, uh, or the preview feature for follow-up in Word. All right, for the Dynamics 365 Wave 2 release plan for 2019, getting into it with uh, with customer service. First one that jumps out at me here, starting off strong, I suspect they did that with all of these, right? But the timeline usability enhancements, you know, that's not just relevant for customer service, but it happens to be grouped here. Um, you know, being able to bring less less scrolling into that, a little bit better uh, kind of visibility to um, the the information in, say, an email without having to uh, uh, jump through over there. Seeing you know key information of of what's been changed, you know, updates to it as part of that timeline. It's just ah. Uh, it's great seeing the the evolution of that, especially considering the, you know, it used to be the the wall, the the entity post wall, and it was a collection of different things, and it was, you know, had multiple tabs that you would use in that wall to try to find different types of information. So you know, even just the the evolution of this as it continues to get better in the single stream of information in that timeline, it's it's great. 
And I guess tagging onto that specifically, the the field change information history, kind of that, that audit-like information being part of the timeline, I, I really like that. And the ability to add in um, you know rich text capability to the, the notes that are being tracked there is is pretty cool as well. Um, you know, it'll really help, probably not in the context of uh, for, for the rich text, probably not like during an actual call with someone in the call center, but it uh, it's definitely nice having that there. Uh, if you consider the, the some of the automation that can be done and being able to take things like, you know, key components of a, an automatic post uh, so you can kind of skim through and see certain things that are bold without having to skim through and find the right words. So uh, very, very interesting possibilities there. Moving into the omnichannel update section, there's a ton of stuff in here that you know I, I will be excited to see as more information comes out about it. Um, one that I would start with here is the bot assistant agent guidance. So that is say an internal facing bot trying to help improve the agent experience and you know reduce some of the the screens that they'd otherwise have to navigate to to go get that information. It's really cool possibilities around this given that you know, a bot can be very good at going out to a, a variety of different systems knowing where to go to get information you know you can execute a, a long series of you know what would be you know, clicks and here and there uh, to go get information and, and find it uh, when you can just ask a question to the bot and have that information come back. Um, and as you, as an agent, as you build a, you know, digital rapport with that bot and you kind of know the types of questions to ask, um, you, you can, you know, be much quicker at uh, going and finding that information, you know, even compared to having a macro where, you know, you, you do a key combination and it's going to, you know, automatically go and find this information and open another screen automatically for you. Um, I've seen that with a lot of kind of historic green screen type of applications where, you know, those, those macros were really important because there was just no, getting around having to navigate through a bunch of screens over data to get to the the specific piece of information that's important. Um, you know, a bot assisted guide in this way can really change that paradigm for people. And, you know, there's, there's some learning curve to it, but the future is much brighter. So really stoked about that. Well, there's not a lot of detail for it yet. The enhanced search experience seems pretty interesting to me with, you know, preview starting in October and GA slated for uh, early 2020. The, the concept here, the, the challenge that I've often seen around, you know, search is that you know, you, there's a lot of potential fields that you could want to search, but each incremental one that you add in has a potential performance impact on what you're doing there. And if I'm, you know, if my interpretation of this is correct, it'll give a little bit more, um, you know, capability into the hands of the people who, you know, know what they're trying to search for, but haven't been able to find it in the, the traditional you know, search capability and, you know, being able to do some of that customization, 
um, you know, without the larger system impact. So um, maybe I'm just hoping too much on that one, but as I as I read through this one, that could be uh, you know really cool, and I'll, I'll be in. I will be interested to see what the experience of that is like, and you know, kind of the how to deal with frag, potential fragmentation of agent experience of what you know one person does and has and is able to use versus another one how can how can that be you know shared across other people to you know get the the most benefit as people find these new and interesting ways to search for the right information so very cool still in the omnichannel for customer service section the agent scripts area is I mean, while not groundbreaking or anything, I mean, we've had that kind of capability in Unified Service Desk for quite some time, being able to offer scripts to an agent of, you know, specifically what they say based on a type of, you know, call or or chat that's coming in to make sure that all of the, you know, if there's specific language they need to use and being able to bring in details about that person's name, uh, you know, just making sure there's consistency from interaction to interaction and having that without requiring uh, USD because USD is great, uh, Unified Service Desk, that is, uh, but it is not necessary for everyone. And you know, there have been times when it's, it's tempting to use USD just to get that, that script capability, but you know, the, that may be overkill for a lot of situations, and this could be a, a good potential as far as uh, an alternative. Um, I've used some creative workarounds before for how to do scripting, but this will be nice to have it just as a uh, kind of baked in capability. Really intrigued by the inclusion of macros as a capability that we're going to see here, talking about both admin administrators and agents being able to configure macros to you know meet their business needs. So you know, automating tasks and, you know, resolving information after, you know, updating something or, or just uh, being able to, you know, automatically, uh, like all those things that would take extra clicks around the screen and being able to automate that. You know, with this, I, I wonder how much of it will be using flow behind the scenes and kind of that flow engine to be able to, um, you know, provide the the creation of macros experience but you know give maybe some some incremental capability to other actions that aren't usually exposed through uh, the typical um, you know flow capabilities so you know things like the um, uh, things that are in the action menu that may have a special you know a special action that sits behind it it's not intuitive on being able to set up flows for doing some of those things to a you know an average person. But when I see they're giving this power to administrators and agents, that makes me think, well, it's you know kind of a logical fit for flow. So speculation there, but I'm uh, I'm curious to see kind of how that lands. This is another one with preview in October, so we'll have to wait a little bit and GA in the early new year. As I did a quick peek back over all of the customer service stuff, I realized I completely skipped over commenting about the virtual agent for customer service, probably because since it was, you know, in preview, uh, 
at the at the time that the release notes dropped, I'd I'd played with it, I'd worked with it, I didn't even associate it here with the the item in the release notes, but the virtual agent capability is great. I've I've used a third party product for something like this before. It is uh, Atbot, which I still think is fantastic and and leverage in in demo and uh, you know recommend it's it's really uh, well uh, like well put together they've been a responsive uh, team and there's just some good capability there that un- that it unlocks the virtual agent is you know even a, a step you know easier in what it uh, in what it allows you to do and create from a you know visual uh, building and designing of a conversation pattern. So it's, uh, you know, great. I, I've used it in a, a couple of demonstrations up to this point and have a number of people who have, uh, from the customer side, who have come back and said, you know, yeah, we have, we have a need for just that kind of, you know, simple, you know, beginning to a bot. We don't need anything, uh, kind of, you know, over engineered, we just need a bot that's going to respond with some simple information and even, you know, direct people with links around a website and, and that kind of thing. So, you know, very easy getting in there with, you know, the you know, ability to escalate from a virtual agent to a human agent. So, uh, and, and bring, you know, chat information along with that, which is, you know, important for that context if you're going to do handoffs. So very excited to see uh, this one and, um, you know, there's the, the early, uh, preview of the, the virtual assistant. And, you know, here it is with, you know, more ties specifically into Dynamics 365 customer service. Thanks so much for listening. If we're not already connected, you can find me online at my website, connectingthedata.com or on Twitter at MC Anderson. Oh, I can feel I just need to take a breath. So this is, this couldn't be coming at a better time. <sighs> nice.